Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. All right, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I've got another interview with Jerry Kennedy. Uh, if you recall, if you've listened to all the episodes over the last few years, we had him on, I think it was in 2018. So we're going to have a little bit of a revisit of a conversation. I was on his podcast not that long ago, which was fun. I always like chatting with Jerry. He's a great guy, great information, and does a good job of um, teaching it, right? I think there's a lot of people out there that uh, know a lot of stuff, but to be able to facilitate information is really hard to do for many. Kind of think of my days of learning from Gray Cook and uh, Stu McGill and a couple others from a really complicated subject matter, but their ability to facilitate the knowledge uh, to a point where I could easily learn it is a unique skill set. And I feel like Jerry has that ability uh, from a marketing and business standpoint. So uh, we dive into kind of branding and get into that conversation a little bit. We haven't had that talk on this episode a lot. And and we're, you know, we talk a lot about positioning and marketing, but what about branding? You know, what about your your color scheme and, and logo and uh, maybe even website and what your office looks like and what you look like and what you wear and just all that type of stuff, right? Uh, so we dive into that a little bit and, and he uh, opens up about uh, how he's doing a rebrand of, of his uh, business and, as well. So we dive into that. I really enjoyed the conversation as always. Uh, I feel like with Jerry, he'll be one of those guests that we have on from time to time. As you've noticed, we've had some like that. Last episode, we we had uh, Josh Satterley on, and, and he's someone that's been on the podcast before. And so I hope you like some of these revisited. There's just a lot of good information from these folks, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jerry Kennedy. All right. Welcome to the show, Jerry. This is not our first time together. I've been on your show. You've been on my show. We've had uh, some good conversations. We keep in touch with each other. It's always good to have you. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. I don't normally invite my myself on other people's podcasts, but I, I kind of did that. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I'm always looking for good guests and I like touching base. There's a handful of guests that I've had on over the three years that we've been doing the show and uh, I try to touch base every so often, you know, especially guys and gals that are doing a lot for the profession and trying to just... Um, you know, extract some of the information out of the, the guests and, and uh, you know, provide as much value as possible. So thanks for offering. Hey, I'm, like I said, I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to have the opportunity. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question. What's, what's new and exciting for you in the, in the world of marketing and, and business development and growth for, for chiropractors? Well, I'll tell you the thing that some of the stuff that I've been researching and looking at lately, um, kind of for my own people and then ultimately for my, for myself, which is, it's crazy how that happens that the stuff that I teach my people, it's, I've, it's always kind of gone through myself and through my own business and through my own process. And then it's like, and then it gets passed on to them. And I'm like you, I'm always reading, I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm kind of checking out different things. And I lately started just getting into imagery and persuasion and branding and kind of all of the, the, the messaging stuff that goes into kind of what we do from a business standpoint. And my thought process is to just kind of help clarify this for my, for my clients, mm -hmm. because 
I think a lot of chiropractors, the idea of even just identifying their patient, like who, who are you trying to communicate to? Who are you trying to talk to from a business? Because a lot of chiropractors will tell you just anybody with a spine. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. It's like, like, oh, if they're within five miles of my practice and they have money, like they're my ideal patient. Yeah. And it's like, that's not, that makes sense when you're starving to death. Yeah. But it doesn't take long before that stops making sense. And you start going, you know what? There's a, there's a bunch of people that I just assume not have in my practice. Like they're a bad fit. They're a pain in the butt. I can't help them, whatever that happens to be. And so talking to chiropractors about, you know, who's your person, you know, mm-hmm. is are you, have you identified the problem you're solving? Are you communicating that well? Like that's conversations I get into a lot Mm -hmm. and it's kind of spilled over into an area that I just wasn't expecting. And that is like the branding, the imaging, your name, like you, how you present yourself to the community along with that message is also part of that. And it's just kind of led into a lot of changes over the last really Big changes last couple of months, but really I've been thinking about it for probably about a year now. Yeah, it's an interesting topic and it's just what you said there. I've got like three things I wanted to go down rabbit holes. But one of the things that's interesting, I, ju- I just spoke in at Parker Vegas this year, which was fun again and spoke about audiences and so many people talk about demographics like you mentioned, and like, you know, five mile radius, you know, 25 yeah. to 54 female, whatever, right? Like just where you really want to, target psychographics and that's more of like the personalities and traits and activities and desires and things of that nature Uh, and then you can blend in with the demographics right and I I gave the example where the crossfitter for my practice is the perfect match for psychographics yeah but it's not for demographics because in my practice I'm uh, at a network I'm a little high cash rate so I'm not I'm not cheap yeah. And I'm okay with that. And that's, um, that's been, that's served me well, but a lot of the, you know, CrossFitters are having a hard time just affording their gym memberships. So the, sure. the demographic doesn't align up perfectly, but you got to take more into consideration than just demographics. Like you said. It's interesting too, that I, I had a conversation with a chiropractor. I was on the phone with him and we were just, we were kind of just unpacking this a little bit because he's getting started and it was just, everything seemed very random. And I was talking to him about like, who, you know, who do you help? And, and mm-hmm. one of the things I always ask people, I call it my, my gun to the head question. And that is, if there's a hundred people in a room, I put a gun to your head and you have an hour to schedule a new patient appointment. Mm-hmm. Like you only have to schedule one. Yeah. Who are you going to talk to? Now you don't get to tell them the guns to your head. You don't get to tell them <laughs> your, your life is at stake, mm-hmm. but what, now you can ask them any question you want. And, and if you have to ask yes or no, raise your hand, don't raise your hand. What questions do you ask them? And, and so we kind of went down this path of like, well, you know, are you, uh, you know, do you have kids at home? Do you, are you active? Have you ever had a blah, 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 you know, whatever. And what should happen theoretically, if you're in that room of a hundred people, is an hour is not enough time to go through a hundred people. You want to ask questions so that more and more hands go down. Mm -hmm. And so now you get it narrowed down to like five people, three people, seven people. Like now you can work with that and Mm -hmm. and you can figure out who's the best fit. And we went through this process and like hands are going down, hands are going down, hands are going down. And I finally said, Hey, you haven't identified a problem that you solve. Yeah. Like you may have described like a woman who's active, who does CrossFit, has kids at home, has this kind of income, but none of that has anything to do with you. (laughs) And, And if you miss that point, like you may find a mom who doesn't have kids at home who's a great fit for your practice. You may find a CrossFitter who's not a mom who doesn't have kids who's a great fit for your practice. Yeah. But 
you're not going to have a great fit for your practice. It doesn't have a problem that you solve. And it's just interesting how our mind can kind of start wandering with, we heard this podcast, we heard this person, we got this idea, we got this thought and we start defining things. And then we start missing some key points. And it's not only like, who's your person, but, but what problem do they have? Like what value are you offering them? Because if you're, if you don't have that part, right, the rest of it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I don't know if Joe Polish is the one that invented the the terminology or whatever, but he talks about your marketing should sift, sort, and screen. And that's essentially kind of what you're talking about is that you should be able to sift, sort, and screen through the community and attract the ones that you know you can solve a problem. But the only way you're going to do that is by having the proper messaging that that does address their their problem and not just um, being a complete generalist all the time, right? This, and it happens in sequence. And I, I'm a, um, I'm the way my mind works is I really, I like looking at patterns and I like looking at how things like formulas and that sort of thing. And I realize that not everybody thinks that way. So sometimes I have to adjust the way that I communicate because people don't think that way, but with marketing and with messaging and with business, there should be a pattern to everything in the same way that you learn how to crawl first, then you learn how to walk. You know, if you play sports, like I played basketball when I was a kid, it's like, you know, don't worry about shooting threes if you can't hit a layup, you know, don't, don't worry about dunking if you, if you can't dribble, you know, it's like, there's things that are done decently and in order. And with marketing, it's the same way is, you know, before you get out in your community and and we jump ahead as chiropractors because we think like, well, what I'm missing is a a face, a good Facebook ads campaign. Yeah, Yeah. And it's like, what I'm missing is like, oh, I just need better SEO. It's like, okay. Mm -hmm you're talking about things that should happen after you've defined who you're going for, after you've defined some of these other things that we're talking about. And if you do them out of order, you end up, you end up not only being a generalist, but it's, there's, you're not even a good generalist. You're just throwing crap up against the wall to see what sticks. And it's a, it, you waste a lot of time and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And those are two things that most chiropractors, especially when you're starting, you don't have, you don't have extra time and money because you're, you're going to fail. Yeah. And you're right where it's um, with the messaging. If, if you're just not providing value or you could be providing value, but since you don't have a target audience and the message isn't there, it's just falling on deaf ears. And, and that's a problem that, that a lot of chiropractors definitely uh, fall into. And they try to put that cart before the horse, right? Run the Facebook ad, run the, the Google ad, start Instagram, but they haven't got their house in order at all. Yeah. So. And it's, and it's definitely a problem. And it's an, honestly, it's really an unfortunate thing that chiropractors are in a situation where you go to school to be a chiropractor and then you get out of school and so much of your ability to help people is dependent upon a skill that you don't have. And, and that's, you know, running a business and doing marketing and things like that. And it, it would be like, you know, if, you know, like I said, I like to play basketball. Like if, if I had, when I was a kid, there's all these things you have to do to be good at basketball. Well, if someone had also told me, by the way, before you can start really playing and really doing well, you're going to also have to learn how to be a good accountant. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have put in the effort yeah. to be a basketball it, player. Yeah. And the hard part about it is I, I use this example a fair amount. I've got a buddy, a couple of friends that are uh, orthopedic surgeons. They're older and they have their own practices and there's so much meat on the bone financially. <laughs> like, yeah. like there's so much uh, revenue with healthy profits in those scenarios where they can kind of hire a, I've got, there's one orthopedic group I rented space from. They had a CFO 
right? Like, yeah, yeah you can easily hire really skilled people to, to handle some of that. They can hire marketing companies that have big budgets and, and do all that. And, and as chiropractors, unfortunately, that's just not the case. Even very, even thriving practices have a hard time hiring those types of people. So you have to do a lot. And it, it is definitely it, it's difficult. There's no doubt. It's interesting because like in the real world, in the real business world mm-hmm. where you know, and I guess I, this isn't exclusively a chiropractic problem. It's all small business. Yep. So I, the problems we're talking about are not exclusively a, a chiropractic doc, you know, oh, it's chiropractic's problem. It's, mm-hmm. it's the guy that owns the flower shop. You know, my brother has yep. a small business where he details cars and does like paint protection film. He has the same mm-hmm. problems. And the same problem is that, you know, if you have a big business, the person at the top doesn't have to know everything, doesn't have really have to have a, an amazing marketing base. They just have to have an amazing marketing team. Yeah. And and they can pay those people, those experts to do their job. And yep. and you can kind of fall into like a leadership management role, mm-hmm. which is also a different skill, but it's something that you can do when you have the revenue to do it. But yep. chiropractors, when you're getting started, like you don't you don't have any money. Yeah, it's hard. I actually have a patient who's a CEO of a pretty good sized company does, does obviously very well CEO money, but I just kind of, we, we got to know each other through patient care and stuff and just asked him, was like, you know, uh, what's really what, um, how did you get to where you were? And so he's like, you know, honestly, if I had to answer you objectively, he's like, I'm really good at communicating and, uh, kind of leading a team. And that's how I've gotten up the ladder and, and then was taken from another company to a different one to become CEO. And he said, that's really what I do all day is, is communicate well and, and lead a team. And then I've got people a whole lot smarter than me doing all the other stuff, you know, and it, that's hard for us to do, obviously. It's interesting. I did a podcast a lot. I was, it was years ago now. And it was about, it was called the imaginary Dr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And the imaginary Dr. Perfect is you listen to my podcast and I give advice. You listen to your podcast and you, you somebody gives advice. You listen to a, a guest that I have on, a guest you have on. And in your mind, you put together this person who's actually amazing at all of these different things. When in reality, I have things I'm really good at mm-hmm. and I have a whole bunch of things I suck at. And you have things you're really good at and a bunch of things you suck at. Yep. And one of the dangers of kind of doing that, uh, you know, constantly reading different people's opinions about things, constantly listening to different podcasts and not going deeper mm-hmm. with your skill set in one, whatever area that is that makes the most sense and it's going to be the most beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. It would, by not going deep, you kind of just stay on the surface and, and really are kind of the jack, jack of all trades. And we, we do have to do that to a certain point, but yeah. all successful chiropractors to a point, they start becoming known for something and developing a level of excellence in a, in kind of a niche area. And that's really where that excellence comes from. It's, it's, it's going down deep and, and developing expertise in an area that really is going to make a big impact for their business. And when you're constantly just trying to put your toes in every little area and try to be amazing and everything like that. It's just impossible. You can't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, it's hard. It takes time. You know, I think one of the things that uh, a lot of chiropractors fail to have sometimes is that delayed gratification. And so they, um, oh yeah, you know, they get out they're two years in and they jump from trying to really dive into clinical to try to learn a whole lot about something else. And it's like, well, you know, for me, for instance, I've been practicing for 15 years now. The first eight years was honestly all clinical. And I just did a good job of getting out in the community a lot. Like I worked on a lot of communication and getting out there and public speaking and it helped 
grow my practice, but I was out, you know, getting certified in things and learning and working on people and it was all clinical. And then when I opened up my own practice was really when I was like, okay, I need to learn business and marketing. And then I dove yeah. into that, but I really laid a pretty solid foundation clinically before I, I dove into deep, deep into it for sure. It really depends on what your situation is. Mm -hmm. And like for me, I started I started my practice right out of school, which I don't necessarily think is the smartest thing in the world. It's hard. It was super hard. It was really hard because you're not only getting learning the things that you're going to have to learn even if you work for somebody else, that those things you're talking about, communicating yep. with people, figuring out a better way of explaining what's going on. People don't know how their body works and they don't yep. understand what we do as chiropractors. And part of what we do that connects to that, that ability to make money and ability to help people is just the ability to take that, well, I just call it a leadership role. You're taking a leadership role and helping someone go on that journey from where they are to ultimately where they yeah. want to be. And that's a skill. It's a skill that's developed. And for me, I was developing those skills and developing marketing skills and developing, yeah. you know, getting in the community. And, and I'm, I'm an introvert by nature. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I do fine on podcasts. I actually do fine standing up in front of people in a group when it's a monologue. Yeah. But if I have to go into like that building and mm -hmm. introduce myself, like I feel like I'm going to burst into flames. <laughs> so everything community-based takes me twice as long as it does everybody else. And, and so I'm fighting through that as well. It's just so much to put on someone. And then at the same time, it's like I had gotten married. I started making babies. I got a family at home. I'm the only provider. It, it, it is so stressful. And, and it's, it's, no, it's not a mystery why so many chiropractors fail. It's, yeah. just, it's just so much to do. And it's a lot to ask of anybody. Well, I know we're trying to change that, right? We're trying to help out as much as we can. And I wanted to talk about, because like one of the things that gets discussed a lot, and I know I discuss it is, is messaging. And okay, so like, let's say we, we get the right audience. We did a good job of targeting the audience, built that up, or we're really clear on it. We'll say we're really clear. We feel like we've been really clear with our messaging and we're creating content. But then there's that other thing that you kind of mentioned earlier, and that is some of the things like branding and, you know, just really whether it's you're talking about your website design, your logo, your name of your practice, you as a person. And I think that's something we, we don't discuss a lot of, but, you know, if you want to be a CrossFit sports chiropractor, you got to have to I don't want to say look the part or be the part, right? But I would say look the part, <laughs> but it's, it's a reality, right? And so let's take that. I just threw a whole bunch of things at you with, with that branding umbrella. And let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Here's, here's kind of a way of thinking about it that I think is, is different than how I have his, I think it, it kind of works through that process or kind of what I was talking about before, like kind of crawling, walking, running type of idea mm -hmm. is if you have gone through the work of at least identifying, you know, who are you trying to connect to and what problem do they have? And then the other question you have to answer is, what do I want this person to do? Mm -hmm. Because what marketing is supposed to do is take someone on a journey from wherever they're at to where you want them to be. And for most chiropractors, that is coming to our office, schedule an appointment. And that goes beyond that because once they come in, we want them to come back. And once they come back, we want them to follow through with care. So there's, there's always a process that you're trying to walk someone through, which is why I refer to it as leadership. Mm -hmm. And so if you've done that, I know who I'm trying to connect to. I know what problem they have. I know what I want them to do. If you take any marketing piece, and I'll use a website as an example, because that's, that's something that we all have. If you were to start with a blank piece of paper, like a mm -hmm. blank page, there's nothing on it. You go to 
drjerrykennedy.com. It's a blank piece of paper. Keeping in mind who I'm trying to reach and what I want them to do, what problem I'm trying to solve, now I'm going to add a theme. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add uh, colors. I'm going to add words. I'm going to add buttons. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add pictures. What should happen is if we could measure the effectiveness of that page, when we add a theme, what should happen is effectiveness goes up. Mm-hmm. When we now add the color we choose, effectiveness should go up. Mm-hmm. And so everything we do, if, we, if, we, if all the things that make up the homepage that we typically just randomly throw together, all of those things, when we add our name, effectiveness should go up. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't say grandma's chiropractic center and we're going after CrossFit athletes. Like, I mean, that's, it's, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. If you're going to be like women and kids is going to be your target market, but then you're going to pick a very, like a dark blue, a black, like a color that's more of like a corporate or more of a masculine color, probably a bad idea. Yeah. And so when you, if you think about it from starting from scratch and now I'm going to add content, I'm going to add images, I'm going to add a background, I'm going to add a logo, I'm going to add mm-hmm. a name, all of that stuff should be in some way adding to taking someone from where they are to where you want to be. Yep. You don't want them to be neutral because these are supposed to be just like a staff member. A staff member is supposed to be a positive to your business. They mm-hmm. should not be a neutral. They yep. surely shouldn't be a negative because <laughs> if they're a neutral or a negative, they're worthless. Like, get somebody else. They should be taking you in the direction you want your business to go. And so everything should be heading in that way. And if you start looking at your stuff and you're saying, well, that's a nothing. It means nothing. You either need to get rid of it or change it. Yeah. If it's a negative, you absolutely need to get rid of it or change it. Mm-hmm. And, and what should happen as time goes on with your website your website should become more and more as you find better ways to communicate and better ways, like more of a thumbs up instead of a 10% bump of effectiveness. It is a 12% bump in effectiveness mm-hmm. that should be happening. But I think a lot of times we don't do, we don't even think about it all, or we just hire someone to put a website together for us and they know nothing about mm-hmm. any of the stuff that we're talking about in terms of who you're going for, who you're trying to target. And they they just have like 10 different websites they do for chiropractors and they yeah. barf out the same content, yeah. slap your picture on it. And then you wonder like, well, I don't understand why nobody comes to me from the internet. It's like, well, that's because your website is the most generic, uninspiring thing in the entire world and it's communicating to no one. Yeah. You know, and, and think about all the people that's try to do all these ads and all this stuff to get them to the website, yeah. but it's just not congruent. And, and it's meant to multiple steps. Like you said, if, if you run a great ad and again, the audience is right, the messaging is right. You run a great ad. They're interested. They get to your website and it's not congruent with it or it's, you know, I, I see sometimes with like down here, especially with physical therapists, they have, um, they have a lot of old people on there like as like walking, you know, yeah, or yeah. Uh, Golden Girls class or something, you know. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like I hope they're really only targeting Medicare patients. And maybe yeah. they are, but sometimes you'll see, you know, sports injury. It'll be, it'll be a sports injury type of ad for this physical therapy group. When you go to the website, it's all old people on there just trying to walk with, you know, and yeah. it's like, okay, that's not going to solve it. So then, like you said, if maybe the website's great, all right, and they go to the website and they like it and they call and they schedule and then they show up and your office is not, really congruent with that type of person. And that's a reality, right? And what we're talking about, and this is what, this is what I mean by the randomness of all the things that we do is 
everything and this this and these things will start to intertwine and the website's an easy one because the website's so fundamental to what we do from a messaging standpoint like you if you're going to pay someone to do and i'm not opposed to paying someone to do advertising for you but you have to pick someone that what they're doing is congruent with what you're doing like yeah. they are they're fishing for the same people you're fishing for yeah. they're taking the time to learn what you're going for and then they're going to tailor what they're doing and their skills to mm-hmm. what you're doing because what should happen is that facebook ad that you're running or somebody else is running for you should make it should flow into your website and that should all make sense and these abrupt like hmm, I, am I in the right place? Like that shouldn't happen. And it shouldn't happen when someone pulls up to your office. It shouldn't happen when someone walks in. It shouldn't happen when they do the consultation. You, there should be a fluency throughout everything that you're doing that that the person, they, they found the right place and everything that happens from the time they decide I found the right place or I think I may have found the right place is an affirmation, yeah. not a red flag. Yeah. And when we take these random pieces together and put them together, it's problematic. And I literally had that exact same thing happen to, with a client of mine recently. She wanted me to look at her website and that's what I asked her. Cause I didn't know her. I didn't know who she was targeting, but I asked her, are you, are you targeting old people? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, no. And she told me what her demographic was. And I said, well, get the old people off your homepage. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's you know? true. I had an interesting experience recently where, um, my wife's pregnant. And so we went to a uh, breastfeeding class and it was held at a chiropractor's office, ironically enough. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like you were incognito? <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, it was funny because uh, it was held by uh, a non-chiropractor. The chiropractor is just was letting that person host Hosting it. it. Yeah. And she started going on about how beneficial chiropractic can be, this and that. And my wife afterwards, she's like, you didn't say anything. I was like, hi, didn't go there as a chiropractor, you know, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to start that conversation. The worst thing you want to do is have that conversation because then it doesn't end. But yeah. it was at a chiropractic office that the, it was a female chiropractor that um, worked predominantly with uh, pregnant, pregnant women, kids, yeah. pediatrics, all that stuff. And her office was perfectly designed for that and perfectly laid out for it. And she had connected with doulas and this person, like, cause she was recommended. We had gone to a parenting class that was held by a doula and she recommends this chiropractor. The person that um, was doing the breastfeeding, I forget what her training was, but she knew that chiropractor. So she did such a good job of knowing who exactly her audience was, connecting the community with the right people, having her office really set up for kids and, and pregnant women. And she's probably, it seemed like she's probably doing pretty well. And I would even say, I mean, this isn't this isn't exclusively a chiropractic thing. This applies to all business. I mean, if, if you think about some of your favorite brands, this could be, it could be something like Under Armour or Nike. It could be a car. Cars are really good. Like cars are great to look at from a standpoint of, if you look at a Kia or you look at a BMW, you look at a Mercedes, you look at a Lexus, they each have like these little kind of niches of people that they're targeting. Yeah. And, and we, we even say, I was like, Oh, that guy's a, you know, that guy's a Jag driver, you know, that, that's yeah. a, <laughs> or you, that you definitely know the Corvette driver. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Corvette's <laughs> like the old guy that like once it's like, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's like, we know who these people are yeah. and that drive certain things like that person drives a truck. That one has a, that, that lady drives a van and it, it makes sense. Yeah. And if you see, you know, a 17 year old girl driving a jacked up, you know, four by four with mud on the side of it. Mm-hmm. It's not that it can't happen. It's just, it's just a little bit off. You go, yeah. hmm, 
That's a little weird. And you don't, and it's fine when it's just life. Like it's okay to be shocking and, and ironic, you know, like a big yeah. guy named Tiny. It's fine. <laughs> but from a business standpoint, you're not trying to be ironic. Yeah. You're not trying to be like, oh, we got a bunch of young people coming here, but my office looks like it was designed in 1970. Like that's not helping you. Yeah. And the more we can align everything that we do, from, from the clothes we wear, to the colors on the wall, to the logo, to the name of your practice, your tagline, your purpose statement, the more that aligns in the same direction, mm-hmm. the less time and the less money it requires to have effective marketing. And yeah. that's really, I think, what we all want. And I just want to you know, touch on something, and it kind of goes back to what we said earlier, there's not a lot of meat on the bone sometimes for chiropractors. So I think we could all agree that if we had the money to have this amazing state-of-the-art practice and, you know, 2,000, 3,000 square feet and all really nice and all the fancy equipment and all the, you know, great staff that's paid very well and, you know, hire someone to do all of our branding and all that type of stuff, then it would be a a whole lot easier. I do think a lot of chiropractors are struggling with the fact that it's like, well, frankly, I just can't afford a $300,000 loan to build out a big space and and, and do all that. But I think it definitely comes down to delayed gratification as well. It's like you mentioned kind of a step-by-step process. And so we're not saying you got to go out and buy this sweet office with all the bells and whistles, but you're going to work your way up and get the basics down, the fundamentals down first, right? I am a huge advocate of scaling. I did not scale as appropriately as I should have. I, I didn't go crazy. Um, my dad was, <laughs> I was raised in a very fiscally responsible house and was taught good things from the, from the beginning. I was always very thankful for that. I lost my mind a little bit because I had good credit and banks gave me money that they shouldn't <laughs> have. But I never, I never went crazy with it. And I was always aware of, of not doing too much too early. Um, I had a friend of mine and he's one of my best friends and, and he had, he had bad credit when he got out of school. Yeah. He didn't have any, like he just, was in a really difficult situation to start a practice mm-hmm. and he ended up going and working for somebody for a couple months. It was a bad fit and he ended up coming back home and it was like, I'm going to start my practice, but I have no money. I got no credit. I got nothing. And he started so small. Like he started renting, he rented a, a room out of a Asian medical doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually, I had an extra table that I wasn't using that I, that I sold him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, use, yeah. I use air quotes as sold him because he gave me a little bit of money. And then now he's, he's uh, forever indebted to lunches for me. So it's <laughs> like when we go out, he buys me lunch, <laughs> but he started really small, did a cash practice, mm-hmm. had no staff. And, and actually he's has stayed that way. Yeah. And he decided that it's, he likes having just a few hundred dollars of overhead yeah. and a ton of meat on the bone and his practice. It turns out he really likes it. I thought he was crazy when he mm-hmm. first started doing it. I thought, Oh, you know, you're in that mindset of you're not a real chiropractor. If you're not seeing a hundred people a week or, you know, yeah. like I was kind of around people like that, that thought that way. And then I started looking at what he was doing and, and now I look at it and I go, I think he's a genius mm-hmm. because you can always add more. Mm-hmm. It's much more difficult. To, to scale down if you've kind of overdone it. Like you, mm-hmm. you typically just crash and burn if you've overdone it as opposed to you can scale up nice and slow. Yeah. Going down is usually a crash and burn. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be really hard and it can be scary sometimes. You know, with me, I 
I worked for someone, was in a partnership. Then I started my own practice in 2010 and I was just renting from an orthopedic group and I was tucking away money because I had the low overhead. I had a nice office because it was a nice orthopedic office and I was just renting room. And then I just realized like I wasn't going to be able to grow the way I wanted to. And so I think you have to be honest with yourself and what your end goal is. And for me, it was definitely more than just a, a treatment room inside an orthopedic office. But I was able to keep the overhead low for quite a while to where I was able to then purchase the office real estate and, and do all the build out and all that and, and, and have the practice, which has allowed me to scale within reason and, and grow and, and do all that. But yeah, it, overhead can be tricky. It, there's no doubt about it, uh, but it can give you more profit, more revenue, more revenue, more profit, potentially uh, more room to scale and maybe have other providers and things like that. So you just got to be smart about it, have a little bit of delayed gratification and stuff. And so um, I want to also, before you move on, you said something I want to make sure that people heard you say, Mm -hmm. because you said it kind of fly on a flyby. You said you were tucking away money. Yeah. And I think so many of us make the mistake of you're making $3,000 a month. You're spending $3,000 a month. You're making $5,000 a month. You're spending 5,000. You're making 7,000. You're spending 7,000. That is a foolish way Mm -hmm. to run a business. It, it, and I understand you have to have a minimum level of living or whatever, but at some point you have to decide what your number is that you're going to, you're going to live at. Mm-hmm. And, and it should probably be lower than what you think, yeah. but it's like, you have to pick a number and say, I'm going to live at this level. And I did this when I was in practice, literally the entire time I was in practice, mm-hmm. I brought home much less than what my business was making. And we lived off of much less because I had debt to pay off. I had yep. business loans. I had student loans. My ex-wife was a, she had student loans from, from her stuff. And what does not make any sense at all, whether, whether that money's going to debt or whether that money's going to your future house or that money's going to your future clinic and staff and marketing budget, you have to have margin. Yep. And if you are just burning through everything that you make, that you are never going to get that monkey off of your back. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And then if something unfortunate happens, then you're in the hole. And it does. And, oh, yeah. and crap happens. Like the, mm-hmm. this idea that, oh, I'm, I'm making you know, $10,000 or $15,000 a month now, and I'm never going to have a bad month. Like That's yeah. a foolish thing. Oh, think. yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right. Cool. That was great. And then um, you know, one of the things that you and I were chatting before when we were kind of doing our pre-chat here a little bit is... Speaking of branding, you've got a little bit of a change of brand, change of direction, change of path. Dive into that a little bit for us. Well, uh, so I ended up, I I became known as uh, Black Sheep DC. So that was kind of my thing. And uh, you had done, you had told me, which I didn't even know, you had some, some laptop desktop what was your thing the, the, that you, desk, the modern desk jockey podcast modern desk, modern desk jockey podcast yeah. see so so it's it's not uncommon for people to do a name change and mm-hmm. but i i chose the name black sheep without a lot of thought like there wasn't a lot of marketing thought and honestly i i chose the name as a joke before i even even closed my practice and before i ever decided to get into anything consulting coaching or anything like that mm-hmm. and the idea was that there's a bunch of chiropractors that kind of lambs to the slaughter and <laughs> there's a bunch of marketing people that, that and, and practice management that are kind of a certain way. And if I was ever going to work with chiropractors and help them, I was going to be different. And I wanted to represent a, what I feel is a misrepresented type of chiropractor, which is the patient centered chiropractor. Like I, I just think that in the practice management space and the business and marketing space, the 
putting the patient in the proper place and making a really amazing business and living out of that is not combined very often. Usually it's like, like, yeah, we want to be patient centered, but let me tell you how to like extract as much money from people as possible and yeah. get them to come more visits and have turn. Like, and I, I disagree with that. And I think that there's a lot of chiropractors out there who want to be patient centered, but also want to make a good living. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. So the idea of black sheep was, it was supposed to be about the community of chiropractors that are kind of underrepresented. That's not really what it ever ended up being. Everybody refers to me as the black sheep DC. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like I gave myself a nickname, like I'm <laughs> <Diddy> or something. <laughs> and, and I, and I hate, I've always hated that. Like I was just like, no matter how many times I said it on my podcast, no matter how many times I said it on interviews and things like that, I'm like, it's not me. It's the community. It's not me. It's the community. Yeah. So that was the original thought behind maybe I should change it. Mm-hmm. And but then lately I've actually been researching and getting into persuasion and imagery and messaging and branding. And as I looked at my stuff and I thought, I, I, it just doesn't, I want something that's kind of upward or kind of mm-hmm. forward focused. Mm-hmm. I help young chiropractors get started on the right foot. I help struggling chiropractors kind of break out of that struggle period and give them the foundation to build whatever size practice they want beyond that point. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of thought about that imagery and then you look at that and you pair it with black sheep, it's like, those don't really go together at all. Mm -hmm. And, and I tried to finagle it. (laughs) Yeah. Retrofit a little bit. (laughs) I didn't really want to change it. It, It's a lot of work. It's a huge pain in the butt. Yeah. And, and so I, I was just like, man, I, and I tried to finagle and finagle and finagle. And I finally just said, you know what, I gotta, I'm going to have to change it, but I didn't know what to change it to. And, and, me and my friend, uh, there was a couple of people that kind of knew this was going on. And I was, mm-hmm. I was, we were just running through different words and different things. And, and I'm not a literalist. Like I, you know, Bobby maybe has like the, you know, forward thinking mm-hmm. chiropractic alliance. It's a very literal thing. Yeah. Black sheep's not literal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, I wanted something that wasn't literal and I wanted something that was relatively clean, yeah. meaning uh, SEO clean, website clean. I didn't want to have to compete with other chiropractic, like this practice has been around for 10 years and they got a similar name and I just yeah. didn't want to do all that. So long story short, ran through a bunch of words and, and Rocket was the one that kind of got the imagery that I wanted, mm-hmm. was kind of symbolic like I wanted. I get to buy some cool Rocket stuff. Yeah, I like your new, <laughs> uh, the audience can't see it, but I like your new little backdrop there. Yeah, I have, uh, I have uh, a bunch of cool Rocket stuff and I got a little, I got a space guy over here that says, uh, we need you. And it's yeah. kind of like a Uncle Sam. I don't know if you can, here, I'll show you that. Oh yeah, I see it. He's like an Uncle Sam. You, you inspire uh, me, two ways you inspire me to get better. One is my backdrop, just my office. And then the other one is I need to get better at memes. <laughs> please, please don't tell me you're rebranding away from the memes. No, I, uh, someone had asked me, someone had asked me when I was talking about this, they were kind of, somebody messaged me when I made the announcement and they were just like, Hey, what's the, what's the new direction? And I said, you know what? I, I think that this is less about a new direction and more about uh, congruency. This is more about as I've clarified who I'm trying to help and what I'm trying to do and, and the benefit I'm trying to offer to chiropractors. And I look at my messaging, it didn't line up. Mm-hmm. And so this is a course correct to, to align the brand with the purpose. Yep. Um, I do have some thoughts about possibly doing websites and, mm-hmm. and possibly offering some extra services and different things down the road and, and bringing other people on. And, and Rocket Cairo is going to be something that's, it's, I think it's easier to make it bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Black Sheep DC was something that 
no matter how much I tried and, and if I was really honest is I like it, but that doesn't really matter if it doesn't serve its purpose and serve the community. Yeah. And, um, it just, it, it got to the point where I said, you know what, if I'm just being honest, I don't think it's, it's, it's one of those things that's neutral or negative to my purpose. And like I said, in the, the beginning, if it's neutral or negative, you have to change it or, or get rid of it. And so I'm abiding, I'm practicing what I preach. Perfect. Well, now that you've rebranded stuff, how can our audience find you? What, any new URLs or anything like that? Yeah, the new, I mean, if you, if you try to go to blacksheepdc.com, it'll just forward you to Rocket Cairo. So it's, it's rocketcairo.com. If you're, if you have been following me on Facebook or Instagram, it's, it's, it's exactly the same. The accounts are the same. Mm -hmm. The, the name now it's facebook.com slash rocket Cairo, Instagram slash rocket Cairo. Like that's all the same. I actually did reclaim the black sheep Cairo Instagram tag because all my memes have my, (laughs) my thing on it. And it just basically says, Hey, we've changed. Go over here. (laughs) And people are still following it, which I'm like, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) How about the podcast? Did you uh, change everything with that? Rocket Cairo podcast. I mean, it's cool. all the branding's been changed, like new images, new new audio as far as intro stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's still in the same feed. So if you've subscribed before, it's just kind of coming through as as yeah. a new branding. Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually, the old podcast will be phased out, and um, you know, it'll just be the new ones. But that'll be a while still because I like to keep quite a few of them in the hopper. Cool. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time. That was good information. I think it's a topic as far as branding and some of the details of it that we really uh, need to get better at, all of us, frankly. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about it and kind of share the changes that are going on, but also just just share some of the thought process that went behind it. Because I, I do think that, you know, I always think like if I could go back in time and talk to 26, 27, 28-year-old me, mm-hmm. would that be useful? And that, that's a lot of times the criteria I use. And this is one of those things I'm like, yeah, he would have he benefited from that. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Stay up to date with our blog where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is the podcastfactory.com. Thank <laughs> you.